Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode, it is week five of our summer of mentorship. And I know I've said that this summer, we are having new conversations with past guests about their mom brand. Well, I'm breaking my own rules and I have invited a new guest on the show to talk about her mom brand and it's so great. So please welcome Karen Eamon. I see them doing this to people in their life. They caught the, I didn't have to sit down and teach a lecture to them. I just modeled it for them. So did my husband and we brought them along for the ride. Sometimes they didn't come along willingly. They'd roll their eyes or whatever, but they caught a glimpse that life is not about you. It's about others and pointing them to Jesus. Karen is a Proverbs 31 ministry speaker and a New York Times bestseller. She's written 17 books and Bible studies. And today she's coming on to share her mom brand. As the mom of three biological children and two in-laws by marriage, She has a lot of great insights into how do we model for our children contentment, but also beyond that, shining a light and loving people well, wherever we are and with whatever we have, not thinking that because we have less, we can do less. And she has a new book that's going to be a great resource if you're inspired by what she says and it resonates with your mom brand. It's called Make Their Day and it has a hundred different ideas on how to love others well. It was a really fun conversation. Her stories are fantastic. This is very practical and I loved it. Let's get right to it. Here we go. Karen, welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I am so pumped to be here. I was telling you, I can't believe this would be our first interview. It feels like our paths should have crossed. By now, with all the people we have in common and all the things that you've created and put in this world in the last eight years I've had the podcast. So thank you for joining us in our special summer of mentorship. And just take a second, since we haven't had you on the show before, to introduce your family real quick to a listener. Sure. So I am married to my college sweetheart. We just had our anniversary yesterday. I saw that. Yeah. How many years is that? 26? Well, no, you said, what'd you 30, say? 36, 36. Okay. which makes me sound really old, but we got mm-hmm. married when we were like 10 and 12. Let's just say that. So it's just a little uh, controversial, yeah. but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm married to my uh, college sweetheart. We have well, I like to say we have five children, three biological and two in-laws by marriage, but I forget which are which because I love them all. Aww. But our uh, daughter lives, we live in Michigan, right in the middle of the mitten for people that, you know, yep. hold up their Michigan I'm map. from Indiana. So I had a oh, lot of mitts. So you're right. Yeah, face. you're right. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you're, mm-hmm. you're underneath our palm. Yeah. <laughs> and our daughter lives in Charlotte, North Carolina and owns her own salon. She is married to her high school sweetheart's brother. So that's been what? interesting. It's <laughs> a guy we told her for like a decade. You really should, what? Yeah. You should date him. We see how he looks at you. And she's like, no, no, no. Well, now they're married. And then our middle child is a son. He just moved to Tennessee with his wife and newborn baby. They took my first grandbaby for me. It's okay. It's okay. okay. I like to travel. Um, But he met his wife through my Instagram account because she had done one of my Bible studies. Whole long story. Yeah. So they like met and married, like met in person in April, were married by December. Couldn't have picked a better wife. So that's like a totally different story than our daughter. And then our son, youngest son, 
Spencer, he lives in Denver and he drives for Amazon and he's very adventurous. He's still living in his car right now because he hasn't found the apartment he wants yet. And he's just fine with that. It would terrify me, but he's like, no, I got to figure out which part of town I want to settle in. He also is training at an MMA gym, which gives this mama gray hairs, but it is what it is. And uh, luckily my daughter owns her own salon so she can cover up my gray, right? So it all works out. But that's, that's my family. So we are finally um, empty nesters wow. just since January, but I'm loving it because my husband and I like to hang out. So it's fun. We can order whatever we want on our pizza now. It's great. <laughs> so many other things. So many other things. It's a whole new adventure. I've heard it that is. first year of empty nesting is like a re-entry into this world, this mm-hmm. world. You need to go to Italy. Everyone's going to Italy. So that oh, should be, yeah. There you go. Get that funded by somebody. <laughs> Um, okay. So we're talking about mom brands and already I can tell you have uh humor is a good part of your brand. I appreciate, I am a big fan of that, but talk to us, like, what are some other things that you value or have been unique in your parenting journey that structured your family or you as a person? Well, actually to talk about that, I have to go back to my own mom, which okay. hopefully I won't cry. Cause she just passed away last April. I think I'm, I'm good so now. Sorry. Some days, you know, some days I can't, and it comes out of nowhere. Like you think on mother's dad cry, I'm fine. But on a random Tuesday, I grab a mug out of my cupboard. That was her favorite. And I lose it for like two hours, but I'm good right now. I, I lost my dad five years ago. And I can oh, relate to the waves that just mm-hmm. hit you. Right. And you like, you gird yourself ready for the big days, like the birthday or the you know, Mother's Day, Father's Day. And then it's like, oh, wait, I was, I was, I was okay. But yeah, yeah. The mug, it, mm-hmm. that makes it sense is to the me. Mug, and my dad, I lost my dad right before my mom and, and my, my dad, it's the sweet little old men at the grocery yes. store that smell like his aqua velva and he have a, have <laughs> a Navy veterans cap on. And I'm like, ah. but anyway, no, I don't, I know, Anyhow, I know we can all hug and cry together. If yes, you're listening can. and you can relate, which I know you can, cause I've gotten lots of listeners who reach out. That's yeah, it's yeah. real. It's real. Yeah. So your mom, so my mom an impact on you. This is our role. This is what we do. We impact the next generation. I know. And I'm a little worried, Heather, because like, I feel like I could, you and I could do a whole hour with no topic. <laughs> like I'm hardly even getting into this question. That's but fine. let me start again. I my love mom, it. My mom actually is the one who kind of gave me the philosophy for life, for mm-hmm. parenting that has kind of become my brand. And this is the story that goes along with it. So one time in middle school, I came home from school all upset. I still can't remember exactly what happened. I think it was that I didn't get invited to a slumber party. The popular girls didn't invite me and I was sad. And I remember sitting at the dining room table, kind of grousing to my mom about it and venting. And she said something to me I've never forgotten. She said, you know what, honey, I'm sorry that you're sad right now, but you've got to remember something when life isn't going your way, circumstances have you down and you're depressed. You have to remember this fact. There's always somebody out there who has life worse off than you. Mm. So get your eyes off of those girls that have life better than you and go find someone who has life worse off than you and do something to make their day. And in a strange way, it ends up making yours as well. And you're not so sad anymore. And I kind of rolled my eyes and I, whatever, but it's so true. It's so true. And so I feel like in my mothering, I've tried to raise my kids to realize you know, get your eyes off yourself, get your eyes off those people that, you know, made the team or have a nicer home or have, you know, better clothes or cuter or whatever. They're whatever more than you get your eyes off of them and look for that lonely one. Look for that person who's marginalized, who's outcast, who's sad and do something to encourage them. And in a strange way, it does make your day. And I've, I've seen that philosophy be such a fun adventure. 
because no longer are you looking for the next, I mean, look at our, our society. We're always looking for the next thing we can star in the next selfie, the next look at me, look at me, but it's a real perspective shift when you can train your kids to be on the lookout and to notice that person who least expects to be seen. That's great. That's so good. That's so good. And not like, like, I'm sure your mom wasn't dismissing your sadness. She wasn't saying like, your feelings don't matter. She's just saying, let's point them in a direction that's going to actually produce something good in you and another. Yes. And also I have to tell you about my mom's situation. So she was a single mom. Okay. Did not want to be a single mom. Yeah. My dad had multiple affairs and was the town drunk and was abusive. Now at the end of his life, he came back to Jesus and they actually reconciled. So the last 20 years, he was the most fantastic grandpa ever. and, And he and I were super close. But during that time, you know, she was living on a budget so tight it squeaked, raising two kids by herself. When she suddenly found herself single, when he left her, she didn't have a car or even a driver's license or a job. Mm. And mm. she had to pick herself up by her bootstraps and go on. And But you know what, Heather? I never saw her complain. Yeah. She didn't get a poor me mentality. She was yeah. always on the lookout for somebody to encourage. Uh, she had this little thing I, I refer to as listening for heart drops. Like she would listen between the lines when people were talking and they might just, you know, off the cuff, say that their husband was having medical tests and they were going to get the results next Thursday. And they didn't say it. I'm really worried about it. And I'm so sad, but she could kind of sense this little bit of, you know, fear and apprehension in their, in their voice. And so she would write down in her calendar for the next Thursday to take that. It was like a coworker to take that coworker in um, some flowers that day or to leave a little candy bar in their desk that she knew was their favorite because she'd been listening for what their favorite was. She was so good at listening. See, I'm, I just like to talk all the time. <laughs> I can do a whole hour with no topic, but she would <laughs> lean in and listen, yeah. listen between the lines and look for ways to encourage people. She was the most, I am going to cry now. She mm-hmm. was the most thoughtful person, mm-hmm. like thoughtful, like think about others. And she didn't, you know, a lot of people would look at her and say, man, her life stinks, you know? But she had an exciting, adventurous life, and she was just a bright light wherever she went. And I learned mm-hmm. from her, even though we don't have the same personality, like that's the way to live. Yeah. Quit looking at all those people that have life better than you, which for my mom, you know, they used to call it keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. But you only saw the Joneses once or twice a week at church or the PTA meeting. Right. And their now best they, version. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And now they parade in front of our eyes 24 seven on social media. And it's so easy to look at people who have a better seemingly. Yeah. This, better marriage, this. seemingly better that this, it seems, seems, seems that we're coming apart at the seams because it seems like everybody <laughs> has life better than us. Right. But no, look for that person who truly does not, you know, it's, it's easy to, you know, grouse in front of your kids that, you know, you know, yeah, we don't, have, we don't have a very big house. We don't have a very nice, whatever. And kids pick up on that when you're, you're discontent and you're ungrateful. Nope. Take them to serve at a soup kitchen where people have no home suddenly your home is huge. You know, it's amazing perspective thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking of your own experience, you know, how there are moms I interact with who are single moms and they're very fearful that their kids are going to miss out or they're not going to be enough, you know, some hard things. And you're saying what stood out to you in your experience, having a single mom was her perspective. Mm-hmm. And the thing that impacted you the most, it wasn't the circumstances. It wasn't, you know, yes, there was reconciliation and there was joy in the end. But I think if we could lean into not our circumstances, but how we experience our circumstances, we would do our kids a better service than yes. to try to orchestrate 
perfect circumstances. Yes. Yeah. You're exactly right. And it wasn't just that she had a great perspective on her circumstances that, you know, made life an adventure, but I saw her lean hard on God. Like she didn't have a husband to lean on. She was, you know, raising two kids pretty much by herself in a house that needed to be kept up with an almost two acre lawn that needed to, be, needed to be mowed and her kids were too young to run the lawnmower. Like I look back sometimes, about, how did she do it? But she didn't complain. She leaned on our, our God and she said, all right, it's go time. Let's do this life. I, this is the lot I've been dealt. I'm not going to complain about it. I'm just going to go for it. And it worked. It worked. And impacted you in how you mothered from that space and from that experience. And I'm sure impacted your kids. Yeah. Okay. Where I am, it is only a month until we go back to school. And I I don't want to burst a bubble in your summer, but maybe you need some new clothes for you or for your kids or for your husband as we head in to the new school year. And so I wanted to tell you about an option that saves you time and is less stressful. It's Stitch Fix. And if you've tried it before, just listen to me about how it works now and maybe it's time to try it again so that you can spend more time by the pool and less time in stores or browsing online. So you take a few minutes, you set up your Stitch Fix style profile, you answer a few questions about what you like to wear, what you don't, and if you're open to trying some new styles, and you can do this for your kids too, and your husband, then Stitch Fix, their expert stylist will go to work. They'll find items just for you. It's handpicked for you, unique to your size, style, and your budget. And it's going to make you feel and look great and feel your best. They will send you five things to try on at home. You keep what you love and you have to send back what you don't. Shipping returns and exchanges are easy and free and there's no subscription required. So you could try it one time for the fall. You could set up automatic deliveries. There's no hidden fees ever. So get your season's latest things for you, for your husband, for your kids. Sign up today at stitchfix.com slash DMA to get $20 off your first purchase. That's stitchfix.com slash DMA to get $20 off your first purchase purchase. Now this is a limited time offer and you need a purchase within two days of sign up. So let's talk about your current assignment. So when I say assignments, I mean, what's unique about your situation? Maybe even now you just said you're an empty nester, but like for your family, what has shaped what experiences or what particulars, I know you're a writer, you're an author, you're traveling, you're speaking, but is there anything that stands out to you about your unique assignments? Well, I feel like uh, there, there's a scripture in the Old Testament that I first was introduced to when I was in that stage of being raised by a single mom and I was a latchkey kid because she had to go get a job. And a woman across the street who was a pastor's wife at the little church on the corner, she first reached out to me as a lonely teenager and told me about a God who could be the father to the fatherless. And there was a verse that she talked about. There's a verse in the Bible that even says that. And it's Psalm 68, five and six. And it says a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. And I kind of clung to that, this Mm -hmm. verse five first that 
That's where God met me. He was a father to the fatherless. He was a defender of widows. My mom was basically a widow is God in his holy dwelling. Then the next verse, verse six says, God sets the lonely in families. And that kind of became our unique assignment as a family is to find those people who were lonely Mm. and needed a family. And even though like I grew up in a home that was not intact, it was a broken home, but my mom made the best of it. When I got married and had three kids and we had an intact home, I just wanted to fight against the temptation. And it was a temptation to just have everything be all about, yeah, I finally got the intact family I've always wanted. We're going to just be, you know, super family and do everything together. And my kids are going to be great. I kept thinking about my, my old self mm-hmm. and thinking there's got to be kids out there who need to be set in a family that are lonely. And so that kind of became our, our mission as a family. And I saw all three of our kids latch onto somebody or mm-hmm. a couple somebodies that needed a family to be set in. I, I know um, for our daughter, it was a friend of hers who was really struggling because her own parents were going through a really nasty divorce. And she ended up living with us most of high school and she struggled with cutting herself and she struggled with a lot of things. It was a hard situation, but she was lonely and she needed to just, you know, us to just allow her to pull up a chair at our table and just be one of us. Um, our, our middle child, he had a friend was the same, uh, situation in that they were lonely and they ended up living with us for just a little while on and off. And then our youngest son, oh my goodness. He just constantly had a rotating door of different kids that would come in and out of our our lives. And um, one in particular, I remember, was a young man who was from a divorced home like me. Mm. And, uh, you know, there are so many times I used to wish I didn't grow up in the home I grew up in, but I saw God use it as a way to understand people that were going through the same thing. And this particular kid, I'll never forget, one day he was sitting in our house his arrangement was that he spent one week with one parent and one week with another parent. That wasn't the situation when I was growing up. We just, I did every other weekend with my dad, but I lived with my mom, but this um, kid, he was kind of having a rough time going back and forth, but that was what the courts deemed was best. And I know that's the situation for a lot of people. And a lot of people make the very best of that and make it work, but he was having a rough time. And there was another kid at the table who was from an intact family and really was kind of clueless to his, his friend there and what his situation was. And he was just listening to him describe living out of a suitcase basically. And he goes, wait a minute, dude, dude, dude. So like you live one week with your mom and then one week with your dad and then one week with your mom, one week with your dad. Like, so when you think of home, mm-hmm. which house do you think of? Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, why did you ask him that? Don't, you know, oh, and I was kind of wanting to turn the, conversation in a different direction. I was doing dishes. My back was to him. And that kid to whom that question was asked, he thought for just a second, he goes, "Mm, I don't know, probably this one, my house. When he thought of home, he thought of my house. And I remember just like trying super hard not to cry because I didn't want him to see me crying. But I thought God sets the lonely in families and he was having a rough time. And us just letting him into our ordinary life where we fight and we, you know, we are perfect. And, you know, cause those kids were over constantly spending the night. It did something to his heart. Mm. It really did. And he felt like he belonged. So sweet. And it's like amazing to me. I'm, I'm processing thinking about that storyline that this is your story and how it impacted your mission and where you're, going and making disciples. That's what I 
say your assignments are where you go and make disciples and it's based on your experience. And I just think it's really encouraging for us to not reject our past or like you said, pivot and think, okay, now I'm going to create a totally different story, but just to see the one who was like you and invite them in is huge. Yeah. Huge. I, I like to encourage people in this way. I tell them, go find your old self. Uh, go so find good. your old self. Yeah. Uh, you know, were you once a lonely teenager like me from a broken home? Were you once, I don't know, new to your town because you moved due to a job relocation and your family was new and you didn't know a soul and that's 10 years in your past? Go find somebody who's in that situation today. You know, were you once that, that mom? With the kids in the cart at the grocery store, you know, one of them screaming, one of them's yanking yeah. stuff off the shelf and you're frazzled. Don't roll your eyes at her and go, well, my children never behave like that because you're lying. You know, <laughs> they did. Lying. I know they did. You know what? Yeah. Look at her, look her in the eye and say, you are doing a good job hanging there, mom and slip yeah. her a $10 bill and say, get yourself a latte on the way home and let the kids split a chicken nugget to keep them quiet in the car. You deserve yeah. a break. You know, yeah. go find your old self and do something to love them, encourage them and point them to Christ. It, it makes life exciting. It really does. It's so great. It's so great. And it sounds like, I mean, I feel like we've answered the next question, like what assignments were difficult to accept, but impact your brand and how your family flourish. Like, sounds like your family was flourishing. I think where my brain is stuck and maybe a mom listening is thinking this too, is I desire to have other children in my home. Like that is my heart. And I cannot get my kids to invite them. Hmm. So I feel stuck and I'm wanting a little mentoring. And I don't know if anybody else has that situation. Part of it, the impact is that we're in a community where our home is the least on the totem pole of coolness okay. and largeness and fanciness. It's not, you know, no yes. pool. Okay. You know what okay. I'm saying? Like, it's not like we're like inviting the ones who are low. I'm saying we're in a community where we are the lower. Yes. And I was okay. So okay. I can so help me. Yes. Yes. Yes, girl. Okay. Because that was exactly our situation. We okay. lived in a house that was 984 square feet with five people, two bedrooms, all three kids shared the same bedroom until our daughter was nine. They had triple bunks. I mean, I our daughter, bless yeah. her heart. There was Batman underwear in her drawers, <laughs> you know, like long had her princess ones. And, <laughs> um, but so my goal never, ever was like, our house is going to be the best one to hang out with because it's going to be the fanciest or the biggest or whatever. Our house was going to be the funnest. Like mm. it was going to be where the kids wanted to hang because it was, is funnest a word? It was the most yeah, fun. I funnest, think funnest most fun. <laughs> should be a word. If it's not, we created it right now. Yes. It was where the most fun was had. Okay. That? Oh, that's too fancy. <laughs> too fancy. <laughs> so I just really felt like I've got to have good food and plenty of it and lots of fun. And the kids, whenever, you know, church was over and, you know, Wednesday night uh, church and it was a summer and it stays light, light out longer. And Michigan summers though, are very different from Texas. Yes. Summers. Oh yes. Oh, I'm sure. We're going to ship our kids up to Michigan for some, well, that's our, amazing. At our anniversary was yesterday and our anniversary is on the longest day of the year. It's, it stays light till about 10, 20 on our anniversary every year, but anyhow, okay. so whenever, it's light, late and it's fun yes. and it's nice out. Yes. 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 So that we would have, you know, where are we going to hang out? All the kids wanted to hang out at our house because I would have some fun snacks, some fun activity. And our place became the place to hang out, not because of what it looked like or how large it was, 
but because we had a lot of things we did outside, we just couldn't fit everybody in the house. So a lot yeah. of things did happen in the summer. We would like have crazy water balloon fights, or we would, you know, do something outdoors, like have a picnic outdoors rather than eat inside. The kids thought it was because, wow, she's a fun mom. No, it's because I couldn't fit everybody. Our kitchen. Okay. Heather, our kitchen was so small that we had to have our table with the leaves in the drop down position and shoved against the wall just to walk through the kitchen in the day. So when people came over and you pop the table up, they're only seated four. My back was to the stove. My, my husband's back was to the fridge and the other two were like almost to a wall. So we couldn't have people over and feed them in our house. So we had to get real creative and do picnics in the backyard. Or, you know, it doesn't even have to be that your house does the hosting. Take everybody to a park and have a picnic. Yeah. You, you know, we bring the food. Just, I feel like if you are really praying and intentional in thinking of what would speak love and fun to these kids, you'll come up with something and it's yeah. not going to be, they don't care how big your house is. Yes. They don't care. Now their parents may like um, want to, you know, kind of check your house out and see what you're like. I don't know. And then when my kids, cause they, there were times I remember, I remember specifically one time my daughter being kind of down in the dumps because so-and-so had just built a brand new house and they had a pool why don't we have a pool? And I'm like, okay, well, they have two incomes. We have one. So we just don't have right now. And I'm not not against working moms. I don't want to sound like that, but for us, that's what we chose. And so we just did. I mean, that came with some consequences that we couldn't get ahead. I mean, we were the last in our circle of friends to have a VCR, see how old I am, a DVD (laughs) player, a cell phone, any of that. We didn't have any of that because we couldn't afford it. But what we did have was creativity, love, and an, an open door for people to feel welcomed. And some of those kids who were from those fancy homes, they wanted to be over at our house yeah, because their, their home was, was fancy, but it was kind of empty. And when it came time to hang out, they wanted to be in our backyard rather than in the air-conditioned, beautiful home. Because I wish I could remember... Heather, who said it, and I'd love to give credit. I got to look it up because I quoted a lot, but um, <laughs> that you'll never, people never forget the way you made them feel. Like they never forget how yeah. they don't care about the fancy. They'll yeah. never forget how you made them feel. And if you make them feel welcomed and wanted, your kids will catch a vision. I, I think maybe sometimes kids, especially in this day and age of, of social media, they do kind of pick up on, oh, people have nice stuff and I don't. So they get a little, yeah. you know, feeling down in the dumps or ashamed of it. But if if they can just catch a glimpse of how fun your home can be when you're trying to make other people feel welcomed and wanted and loved, I think that they'll, they'll change their perspective. Yeah. I think the other kids want to come. I think my child is more just like wanting to think is deciding for them that they don't want to come. Like they would Mm -hmm. rather be at their house with all the things than at our house, which we've done like silent discos in our living room, pushed all the furniture back. Fun. Like we've had fun here. We have Mm -hmm. a lot of, I just, we have four boys. So it's chaos. I don't care if you bump into the walls. I'm not protecting any furniture. We have animals galore. Like I'm not uh, worried about perfection, but yeah, I think all your ideas are great. I'm going to lean into those. I hope anyone listening is going to, that, that spoke to you, because I do think that that impacts your family flourishing. You just saying, this is what we're doing. This is the environment. This is the posture we're going to hold towards others. We're going to be welcoming, we're going to be loving. Another way I want to save you time and money is with your meal planning. And I have loved using HelloFresh. I'm not even joking. If you've never tried it, let me tell you a little bit more about it. You basically get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients 
and seasonal recipes, they come right to your door. So you skip the grocery store and HelloFresh is going to make cooking at home easy, fun, and affordable. I'm a big fan of eating meals together. So that's why I love this option. I also love eating real food and I love cooking the food. So if that's you also and that's your brand, check out HelloFresh because you can choose from 55 plus weekly options. You can choose from their Taste of Summer series. If you want a grilled option, they have a Melty Monterey Jack Burgers. My boys loved, like I said before, the pork taquitos. They still talk about them. And I am going to get those again because they were big, big hit. If you're going away this summer, you can just update your delivery address and get HelloFresh at your vacation destination with just a click. Super easy. Your plans are flexible, so they work with your changing schedule Customize your dishes. If you want to swap out a protein or a side, you can do that. You can add a protein to a veggie meal. More choices, lots of variety. I definitely want you to check this out. So go to HelloFresh.com slash DMA16. It's 1-6. So DMA16. Use the code DMA16 to get 16 free meals. But here's the deal. Across seven boxes and three free Gifts. So go to HelloFresh.com slash DMA16. Use the code DMA16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. You're going to find out why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. I do not say this lightly, but I am a real big fan of my Thrive Cosmetics. They are really high-performing beauty and skin products that are made with clean, skin-loving ingredients. I am particularly fond of their mascara. I have been wearing it every single day since they sent it. It is their Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. It's their best-selling product. It has more than 20,000 five-star reviews. I do not say this lightly, y'all. It really lengthens, it opens my eyes, it lasts all day, and it has that technology where it creates a tube around your lash so you can take it off really easily with just warm water and a washcloth. No soap required. And I think because I continue to use it, it's helped allowing my lashes to grow longer and look even better. So the other great thing is that Thrive Cosmetics is bigger than beauty. For every product you purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates to help communities thrive. They have over... 300 giving partners across the country supporting numerous causes. So it's a great time to try Thrive Cosmetics for yourself. You can get 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com slash DMA. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E, get it? Cosmetics, M-E-T-I-C-S.com slash DMA. Get 15% off your first order. Okay, I want to know about your summers. What did summers look like for y'all? You said a little bit. You said a little bit. You said like how everybody wants yeah. to come over, but talk a little bit more. And then I want to tell people about um, an option for them to get ideas to yeah. follow up on this. So summer is a great time to kind of infuse some of these ideas into your family life because it's a little slower paced. There's not school. You know, there, there's opportunities to do things outside. But one thing that 
we especially did, we kind of did it throughout the year, but especially did in the summers was what I like to call noticing, uh, notice your necessary people. Mm -hmm. So necessary people are people who help you get life done. Mm -hmm. They cut your hair. They bring your, your packages to your porch. They um, teach your children. They make your high maintenance coffee drink. Get your local coffee if you're like me and you have a high maintenance coffee drink. <laughs> so these necessary people, if you had to do all their jobs, you know, it would be terrible. They help you get life done. So we would often brainstorm with our kids who is a necessary person in our life and what can we do to reach out to them. And I'll just tell you one really quick story. When the first time we ever did this, the first time we ever did this, um, our kids were very small. Like our oldest was probably seven. And then the, the boy, our daughter, and then our boys would have been like four and one and a half. And we were talking to them about the concept of necessary people and how they help us get life done, how we should do something to reach out to them, love them and point them to Christ. And so we said, who's a necessary person? And the older two both instantaneously and simultaneously said, Mr. Brown. Well, Mr. Brown was our mailman and he didn't just deliver the mail. He delivered smiles. He was an older gentleman and he was super interested in in the kids on his route and the people on his route. In fact, the only problem I had with Mr. Brown was sometimes the mail was late because he was down (laughs) talking to the widow before down the street, seeing how she was and if he could help with anything, or he was, you know, crouched down looking into the eyes of one of the kids in the t-ball uniform or a ballet costume and saying, how did it go? How was your recital? How was the game? He was great. So we decided to do Mr. Brown day. My, my kids came up with this. And one day when he did, came around the walk on a sunny day up the, the walkway, we jumped out on the porch and we had, uh, you know, confetti and honkers and blowers. And the kids had bought him stuff at the dollar store. Like they bought him a WWJD bracelet. I oh. remember in our, our little list explained what that was to him. And we gave him a squirt gun to ward off the dogs. And, and they wanted to get him <laughs> a gift certificate to take Mrs. Brown to a really fancy dinner, which in our town that what they thought was the fanciest restaurant was Dairy Queen. So we got yes. them at Dairy Queen. Yes. But anyway, my, it was so my mail man, my mail carrier was so shocked. He couldn't believe he's like, what, what is going on? And he took all the stuff. We'd also made him cookies and lemonade and he had his little snack and he went on his way. And I thought, oh, that's the end of Mr. Brown day. But I'm telling you, it impacted him. About two weeks later, I was out once again, cleaning the fingerprints off the front window on our, our um, <laughs> yeah. living room window. And he came up the walk. I'll never forget it. I could hear his shoes clicking up the walk. I turned around. It was a sunny day. He had his sunglasses on and he, he kind of dropped them down. And as I said, hey, Mr. Brown, how are you? And he took his sunglasses off. He looked at the ground. He kind of shook his head and he looked up to me almost in tears. Mm. And he said, Karen, I'm still not over Mr. Brown day. Mm. And then he said this. Do you know that I've been a mailman in this town on this street for 33 years and no one has ever done anything like what your family did for me? I will never forget it. Now, don't think it's because our family is all wonderful and super spiritual. It took us eight, eight years to think of the idea because you've been a mailman <laughs> for eight years. But it, you know, just to stop your life on a random Tuesday. <laughs> And just thank somebody who helps you get life done, a necessary person, and just show your kids. And now you know what? It's the best thing. My kids are doing this as adults. Uh They're all in their 20s, one's in their 30s. And I see them doing this to people in their life. They caught the, I didn't have to sit down and teach a lecture to them. I just modeled it for them. So did my husband. And we brought them along for the ride. Sometimes they didn't come along willingly. They'd roll their eyes or whatever, but they caught a glimpse that life is not about you. It's about others and pointing them to Jesus. That is inspirational because it's not complex. 
This is what maybe a dollar store trip and a Dairy Queen trip to get the gift card. Yeah, you can get a treat as you go to the Dairy Queen. But I'm like, it's not complex, but the impact is huge. And like you said, it it's really striking a chord with me because I'm thinking how often we make these bucket lists that are totally focused on our kids' happiness and like experience. And it always falls short and they're complaining at the water park and they're wanting dipping dots at the zoo. And like, it's all about yep. them getting the next thing and more instead of making other people's day. Yeah. Okay. So you have a resource to help moms if they are inspired too. tell them about your book, make their day. Yes. So I love doing these ideas. I got a lot from my mom, some we've done over the years. And my publisher came to me and said, Hey, would you ever put all those ideas like in one little book? Yeah. So I, I wrote a little gift book called make their day. And it's uh, the subtitle is 101 simple, powerful ways to love others well. And it's all by category. Like some of them are ideas to do for your family. Cause you know, you got to start with your family first. You should be doing nice little things for your family, but there's also things to do out and about when you're in your town, in your church, ideas for people in your church, ideas for those who are hurting or grieving things to do long distance to bless others as a family that you can do through the mail or over the screen and some holiday ideas too. And then like the last chapter is all on opening your home, like ways to creatively welcome others into your home and make their day, make them feel part of a family. So great. I am so thrilled to get to witness your greatness of far, as far as like, you're such a good storyteller. You are such a good storyteller. So thank you for coming on here and not only inspiring us, but entertaining us with some fantastic stories and helping us to just kind of consider your mom brand, consider how that may resonate with another mom and say, oh yeah, that's my similar story. Or, oh yeah, that really does light a fire in me too. That's how I want to spend time with my kids. And that's what I want to focus our family on. So I appreciate you coming and sharing your brand and your resources with us. Well, thank you for letting me do so. It's fun. It's a, it's a very adventurous, other-centered way to live. And it really does help you to realize you, your life's not that bad. It's really not that bad. It can be an adventure. Yeah. I appreciate that. Well, and with grown kids who are taking it on themselves, I think the legacy continues. Your mom's legacy lives on. And so thank you for sharing her with us as well. And happy anniversary. Thank you. Okay. So we have put a link to Karen's book in the show notes. If you are needing a little support when it comes to loving others well, and just some really great ideas. We have the discussion questions in the show notes as well that Stephanie put together uh, an example who is your old self? What was a particularly difficult time that God brought you through that you could use as a connection point to love someone else? Another question, when have you felt loved or seen by someone else in the midst of a difficult situation? So we were at family camp this last week, and it makes me think about one of the new campers, so a lot of us have returned over the last 10, some 20 years, the same week, and gotten to know each other. But we have new families that join us um, each year, and one of those families, she just shared that she felt seen and known by several of the other moms who have older kids, and it's just been a lot to her, as she's someone who often is in the position of needing to minister to others. And so... 
I think it's a great thing to think about, even if it's maybe not your particular brand or your strengths. I think it's not too hard to consider the people around us and how can we see them and love them. So I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to pray for the Holy Spirit to bring people to mind and to open our eyes to see how God sees. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for what gifts you have given us, what talents and the roofs over our heads. And I pray that we can model well um, a posture of care, even in our hard circumstances, that we can show love to others who are going through similar hard circumstances that our pain would not be wasted. I pray, Lord, that your spirit would open our eyes to those who are in need of love and comfort and that you would give us um, the words to say and the small way to celebrate them or love them. Um, And I thank you, God, for Karen and her family and her modeling to us what that could look like. I pray for each person listening that they would be seen and known by you today, that there would be a moment and they could be quiet with you today and they could just sit with you and ask you what you see when you see them, what you think about them when you look at them and that they would be comforted by the knowledge of how much you love them and how you are worthy to be the one who gets to say their worth and their value and their identity. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thanks y'all for joining us. We have one week left of the summer of mentorship. I cannot believe it. It is with a very special past guest that I'm gonna interview again. And I can't wait. I'm not even gonna tell you because it's, it's so exciting. But if you have been meeting with a group a little podcast club this summer and you've maybe taken a picture, would you send it to me at don't mom alone on Instagram? I would love it or tag me. I would love to reshare those pictures and kind of inspire people as we even move into the fall that this is something they can keep doing. They could have a podcast club with some moms and listen on their own to the episode and then talk about it together. All right, I'll meet you back here next week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us, moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah three seventeen, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.